Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, believers, soldiers in Christ. Thank you for fighting the good fight of faith and for praying for this ministry. Uh, as you know, I was gone uh, for a little over a week, um, and I got a lot done. I took some personal time, spent some time with my wife, but just a little update here. We <laughs> This is going to be a new podcast today. <laughs> a lot of messages and emails and, I guess, phone calls because uh, we were doing some replay rebroadcasts last week. And by the way, when we rebroadcast a podcast on Stand Up For The Truth on the radio that we already recorded in the past, we have never done it twice. In other words, we've replayed a, a podcast once, and I don't ever remember replaying it again. So just so you know, we picked some of the best ones. And by the way, there's one about um, communism and Marxism in America with Trevor Loudon. I, it's one of our most popular uh, podcasts. There's so much information in that. But anyway, um, just a little update here before we open in prayer and get to our guest, Carl Gallup. So we're excited to have him back with us and so much to talk about from a news and current events standpoint. But I've been working on another book, as you know, and I was able to finish the bulk of it during my vacation. So it wasn't a getaway vacation. It was a staycation and got a lot of work done. But the book is pretty much done. Uh, now the hard part, the editing is going to take place now. I've got to do a lot of work going through it, cleaning it up. The title is going to be changing as well. I just want to give you guys an update because some of you have been asking and have been praying for me because it's a hard process. Um, it's a, a creative process, but the type of – it's not fiction. Writing a fiction book would probably be easy. But we write about some controversial issues, uh, the church, uh, America, what's happening currently – um, so the original title to play on the mega movement was Make the Church in America Great Again. That was the original title. Well, as I got halfway through, I was writing, going, wait a minute, it's really not as focused on a solution to make the church great again. It's more of what's happening and what we can do with all the, the spiritual warfare. So then it changed to Will the Church in America Be essential again. As you know, we were deemed non-essential last year by mayors and governors in blue states and other places, and the church, as you know, is the most essential um, institution in the world, of course, spiritually, eternally, but also for the health of a society. So we are essential. We just, the church or the world doesn't look at us that way. But as I was writing more, I'm trying to flip to the this subtitle, The Fading Influence of the Church in America. And then flipping the title to the subtitle, Will Christianity Be Essential Again Here? So we're still tweaking that a little bit, but uh, just an update. The book, the bulk of it is done. Now a lot of editing um, has to take place. I've got to go through that. So I'd appreciate your prayers. I want uh, to stand on the truth as we always try to do here without apology and compromise, no regrets. But I also want to encourage believers. A lot of people are feeling overwhelmed by what's happening with the intensified spiritual warfare. So all that to say, there's an update. The book is uh, going to be done. Now I've got to look for a new publisher, and I'll tell you about that another time. But um, So let's just open this up in prayer. We've got a lot of things to get to as far as news and current events and Bible prophecy with Carl Gallup's. Father, thank you for giving us this day. We recognize that you are sovereign and in control. We also recognize again, Lord, great is your faithfulness. You set up kings and you depose kings and you give wisdom to the wise. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people of understanding. In Jesus' name, give us your heart, God, for the lost, compassion for those who are hurting. And Father, Give us discernment in your church. May we test all things in the name of Jesus. Help us not be duped and deceived by those spirits or worldly philosophies that are not only in our culture but in the church. Lord God, please, may your will be done in us 
through us, your body of believers. And God keeps separating the sheep from the goats. May we be faithful to you in the work that you've given us to do. We praise you for this day. We thank you that we're all we can do is take it a day at a time. So we cast our cares on you. We surrender our anxiety, our burdens, and we trust you in all things. And we recognize the truth of the Lord is everlasting because you are an eternal, everlasting God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you uh, for tuning in again today. And uh, Carl Gallops is our guest. We're so excited to get back on with him. He's a pastor and teacher, former law enforcement officer, which that's one of the topics we're going to start off with today. He's a best-selling author as well, and he's a pastor in Florida, and he's got a new book out. I just got it in my mailbox yesterday. It's called The Summoning, and we hope to get to a little bit of that preparing for the coming days of Noah. Carl Gallops, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Dave, it's great to be with you, man. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, sorry it took a little bit longer to, to get to you through uh, just that oh, up, no, update. Okay. I've been yeah. off for a while. But I got, yeah. I've got i got this article that says uh, America's distrust of the media reaches a new high, Gallops says. Oh, and then I looked at it and go, wait a minute, that's not Carl Gallops. That's a Gallup poll. <laughs> so Gallup <laughs> says what most of us all know. And I want to talk about this concerning topic of censorship. Um, the Americans distrust the media. Uh, Carl, your your thoughts on big tech mon- monopolies and the conglomerate that is really refusing to allow free speech when it comes to conservatives, Christians, independents, Republicans, and it's a dangerous time in our country for free speech and for the Constitution. I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah, no doubt. So here's a scenario. Um trying to remember where I got this from. I, in, in case you think this is brilliant, I'm not the one that made it up. I'm not the one that did it. I, I, I'm giving that disclaimer right now. I don't want anything, anybody thinking I sh- shamelessly stole this. Uh, but um, <clears throat> somebody just recently, some, some pretty well-known person gave this illustration, excuse me, <clears throat> and said, what if, imagine if, all of the cake baking industry in the United States and everything affiliated with it, the trucking industry and everything that goes with it. What if they all got together and decided that never again would they ever, ever bake a cake or do any kind of um, preparations to assist in a gay wedding? All right. And then he goes on to say, But that is exactly what's happening in big tech and big media tech, social media tech. They have they have conspired together to shut down the voice of conservatives, Christians, uh, anybody that doesn't match their talking point, anybody that doesn't match their message. And then this person went on to say, and it's interesting because the First Amendment Excuse me. He says the Constitution gives no thought whatsoever to gay marriage, but gives an actual amendment to freedom of speech for all. So, so I mean, that's what we're looking at right now. We're, we're looking at a whole industry that is just trouncing upon the Constitution at will yes. with no shame whatsoever. Yet, if we were to even mention doing something similar, like with the cake baking industry, you know, and some people even tried to do that and look what happened to them. Yeah. Boy, the courts ruled against them immediately. So so we're living in an upside down world, which, by the way, is a fulfillment of end time prophecy. Now, you know, I don't set dates and I'm not an alarmist. I just know that we are in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. And we're Amen. watching so many specific elements of Scripture being fulfilled right before us. Amen. Um, Pastor Carl, uh, we can't live in a country that we have been used to historically where four or five companies, unelected, unaccountable, big tech conglomerates, have the power to decide who can be heard. It's a dangerous time. We don't know that the, we've, this has been happening for a long time. The government, they, they know it's been happening. Now, people are waking up in this Gallup poll. Um, let's see, 47 plus 36. 40, that's 70, 83% of people say that the media bears a great deal of blame 
the social media and media for the political division in the United States. And they're dividing us even more by trying to silence half of the opposition. But what can we do about it? I've got a list of media alternatives, but I, I'd love your quick take on maybe a solution because the average person says, I've been shadow banned. I've been censored for sharing the gospel or something about homosexuality or maybe something true about Biden and Harris, but it's been flagged or whatever on social media. So what can the average person do? Are there alternatives? And I'd like to get into that as well. Yeah, well, look, I could talk about this for hours. I've got two or three things on my mind that would go to answering your question. One thing, and I don't and I don't want to open up this whole can of worms again. I only use it as an illustration. But, you know, for years during the Obama years, I was directly tied to the only uh, full scale uh, lawful uh, criminal investigation of the Obama fraud case and everything that went with it from a fake birth certificate to everything under the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, the fourth largest sheriff's office in the nation, headed by a sheriff that was a 55 year lawman, part of that 30 something years federal law enforcement officer through DEA, the district supervisor of the Middle East of Mexico and of Western United States, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, the chief investigator, uh, Mike Zulo, five-year criminal investigation dealing with forensic investigation companies that provided affidavits to show us how fraudulent and fake and, and horrific this whole shyster thing that was pulled over America was. I said all that to say, regardless of how individual members of your audience might feel about that whole mess, I was involved in it deeply. And in, even in a semi-official manner, I was deputized by Sheriff Arpaio for my media part in it, my information uh, part in it, and, and accountability. And the point is that in that, that kind of investigation, we were saying years ago, five, six years ago, we are under a coup. Our nation is under attack. Mm. There are foreign infiltrators that are infil that have infiltrated the courts, the Congress, the, the White House, the government, uh, the, the Supreme Court. They have infiltrated the media. They own the media. We were trying to warn the nation. We even told them about software that would could be used to completely change elections. We had a whistleblower from the CIA and FBI back then tell us, gave us the name of the software, which came up again in this election, and the whistleblower's name came up mm. by some of uh, Trump's attorneys. They all knew about it. So the point is, this is not just a, well, look, we've shifted to the left again. What are we going to do about it? This is an all out war. Now, I'm not calling for everybody picking up arms and start, you know, go to that kind of war yet. I mean, we've done that in the past, mm -hmm. but I'm saying we've got to do you say, what do we do? Everything possible. But one of the things is a biblical mandate for God's people. Ephesians five. We are children of light. We're not children of darkness. This day should not overtake us. I think that comes from Thessalonians. But Ephesians chapter five says that we are to live as children of light. We are to expose the darkness. We are not to run from it, hide from it, cower to it. Uh, we're not to be jerks about it. We should do everything, you know, with uh, with uh, with with thought, forethought, etc., and prudence and, and wisdom and discernment. However, we have been called to be the light. Jesus warned us in Matthew chapter seven in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, "Look, you're supposed to be the light and the salt. Mm -hmm. And if you, that is the church, the body of Christ, the born again believers, if you lose your saltiness, you will be trampled underfoot. Evil will just come in like a flood." wherever the light refuses to shine. So what do we do? What do we do? It's multifaceted. Of course, technologically, we, we, we use our brains and we outsmart them and we develop our own Facebook alternatives and YouTube alternatives and all of those things are being done. But look how they're kicking back against that. We never in history has a U.S. sitting president duly elected who has survived a two-year Mueller report and an impeachment process and everything else came out squeaky clean on those. So he's still a duly elected president. Never before in history has he been prohibited from doing 
his constitutional duty because all of the media shut him down, yep. refused to carry him, and all of the social media, they took it away from him. They gave him zero voice. Yeah. Never has that happened. That is communist tactics. Yes. One of your most popular shows was the one on communism. That's how communists operate. That's how they take over a nation. That's how they do what they do. I've been warning the nation for years and, and uh, along with this connection to Sheriff Arpaio and Mike Zulo, et cetera, that all of this was coming. Now, I, I, I'm not trying to say, oh, poor me, nobody believed us, but nobody believed us and, and because, because Obama years were in control. And what did they have? They owned the media. Now we know they owned the FBI, James Comey. Yeah. Of course, they owned the Department of Justice. Of course, they owned and compromised Supreme Court justices and federal judges. Of course, they owned Congress and congressmen and women that they had compromised. We now know all of that through the Epstein Island stuff, through all of this modern technology that that we didn't have when Obama first took office, but it, it, it burgeoned forth, burgeoned forth during those years. And it was used, it was weaponized. What was weaponized in Trump's uh, era of, of, of presidency? Uh, COVID-19 was weaponized. Absolutely. No doubt, no doubt, as well as technology. So that's where we are, brother. So we've got yeah. to do any and everything we can pray, clean up our own house. And that means the church. There's a time of testing that's coming to the church right now. God's judgment begins in the house of the Lord. It's being winnowed out. It's being it's being sifted right now. The wheat are being separated from the tares. Um, we're watching it all over the world, not just yeah. in the United States. This is a global spirit of fear and yes. despair and discouragement. This is all end time stuff, and it's all predicated upon the return of Israel. The clock started 72 years ago. The fig tree bloomed. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that entire generation that is living and seeing all of this will not pass away until everything comes to its culmination. So we're in extremely prophetic times. I don't know. I don't set dates. I don't even try. I don't even hint to set dates. I just know Israel has been there 72 years. And for the first time, we rounded the corner in 2020 and the church worldwide could not or did not or would not or was afraid to meet and celebrate the, the, the destruction of Satan's kingdom on Resurrection Sunday. That's right. For the first time since the church was born. In That's history. where we are, brother. So yep. we better we better do everything we can from preaching, teaching the gospel, to shining the light, to using our technology, our minds, to outsmart the enemy, harmless as doves, but wise mm. as serpents. And we've 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 got to pull out all the stops or we're going to lose everything. Amen, brother. And the last time we had you on, by the way, we called that podcast Bible Prophecy, Religious Freedom, and the Reset threat because i like what you said covid19 was weaponized the yes, great the great coronavirus imposition imposition it was thrust upon america and other nations but um and we can talk more about that because it's not just america it's globally but we are dealing yes. with our own issues yes. right here in america and biden is just blocking arms with the world economic forum and we can get into that oh, next yeah. segment we've got a minute and a half but i do yeah. want to provide some of what we um, our listeners have been asking about before we have to wrap up this first segment, and that's, that's media alternatives. Um, Parler, of course, was a great alternative to Twitter, and yeah, then they, they took that down. That mm -hmm. was something that should have never happened in America, and free freedom-loving Americans better pay attention to this. But now there is USA.life. And that's uh, founded by a pastor, from what I understand. It's an alternative to uh -huh. it is. Facebook, and I'm Twitter. On there. I'm on there with a huge audience. Yep. Yep. Parler is supposed to be back. We'll let you know as soon as it is. Mm -hmm. Gab mm -hmm. Social is another one. Clout mm -hmm. Hub is, um, I guess the owner was interviewed uh, on Newsmax. Clout Hub. Then there's Dat Chat, Telegram, MeWe, which yes. is an alternative to Facebook, Dub Smash. Um, Alignable is a LinkedIn alternative. And then we've got a couple more. Uh, Rumble, which is uh, a YouTube kind of, but it's, mm -hmm. it's an alternative there. Signal and Wimkin. So mm -hmm. we're putting this list together. And by the way, don't use Google anymore. Go to DuckDuckGo or Brave Browser or others. Any comment Correct. on that? 
on on these things, Carl. Actually, we I hear yes. the music. We're gonna have yes. to break, but. I we're putting I'm on, this... all, I'm on all of those, okay. as well as Orbeez as well. There's another one, and but I like uh, MeWe and USA.Live. Okay, we're going to try to get peop- more people engaged and on these platforms. And also encourage you guys not to leave Facebook and Twitter until they kick you off. Keep getting the gospel and the truth out there. More with Pastor Carl Gallup when we come back in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Pastor Carl Gallops, and we are going to do an, an entire podcast next month on his new book called The Summoning, Preparing for the Days of Noah. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a bit, but we've got so many things to discuss in light of recent events and the uh, Biden-Harris administration or the Harris-Biden O-Biden administration. Um, Carl, the <laughs> National Guard, first of all, I'd like to get your take on on what happened at the U.S. Capitol and uh, just the reaction by the media blaming, actually blanketing the entire country of Christians, conservatives, Republicans, Trump supporters, and blaming them for what happened. And then their, their abuse of the National Guard troops, making them sleep in the parking garage there after they... You know, I guess they thought they needed all this protection from Trump troops for the inauguration. Your thoughts on that fiasco? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you've raised two or three very important issues, and I've got thoughts on all of them, as you can imagine. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and so do all your listeners as well. I'm just blessed to have the microphone, and, and so bless their hearts, because I know they're screaming right now at the radio, I've got thoughts on this, too. <laughs> well, well. The, the bottom line is, isn't it interesting? The hypocrisy abounds in all of this. Isn't it interesting that the same group, the, the Democrats, which we call, now call the leftist communist socialists, um, uh, have been vehemently opposed to fences and walls yes. and borders <laughs> and razor wire and guns and military until they need it. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, of course we want fences and razor wire and walls and guns and cops, cops, you know, we're going to defund the police, but man, That's we right. praise God we didn't do it when we needed them. Exactly. You know? uh, I, I mean, so here's what I say. For anybody who still might be wondering, well, like, you know, maybe that was necessary, whatever. Okay, look, what if Donald Trump's 2016, 2017 inauguration day had been done like that? What if there were 27,000 troops in Washington, D.C. and around the White House and around uh, the Capitol building, 27,000 troops, more troops than we have in Afghanistan and Iraq combined were on the mall when Donald Trump gave his inauguration speech. And what if we had put up checkpoints and guards and concrete barriers and razor wire and fences and walls and only allowed in those that we thought were worthy to be there for the inauguration? If Donald Trump had done that, the media their heads would have exploded. They would have announced him as a as a Nazi dictator, as Hitler reincarnate, as Stalin. They would have claimed that he thought he was the king and emperor. They would have been crying for the burning of everything, the looting and burning and pillaging of everything. They would have gone out of their minds. Yet Biden does it. And not only is there not a whimper from any of the left of the media about, you know, should we really be doing this? Not only, they celebrated it until they were done with the troops and they stuck them in a parking garage. Unbelievable, I know. So so the hypocrisy is is through the roof and it all, and what did that, and how did this happen? They weaponized an event, just yep. like COVID was an event, a global event, that was then weaponized by the left. Listen, they're using that old adage of never let a good crisis go to waste. It's mm-hmm. a it's a communist adage. It's 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 a it's a it's a it comes from the Obama years as well, and some of his staff, chief of staff, they used it. They talked about it, and we saw it happen, and we kind of laughed and snickered because the times it was used before, you know, it was you know it, it wasn't really that that devastating to the whole nation. But this time we're watching it. COVID was weaponized to completely, and I'm going to say steal an election. I know that is politically incorrect, but the left 
for four years claimed that Russia stole the election, yes. claimed that, <laughs> that Trump was not their president, never Trump, Mueller investigation. I mean, you know, and, 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 and they, they hashtag not my president Trump, hashtag stolen election. But then Biden goes in right in front of our face. We see this atrocity and we're told, now, if you say this is a stolen election, you're unpatriotic. You're un-American. You, you're, you're a conspiracy theory. I mean, I'm telling you guys, everything is being turned on its head. And we're getting a finger of communism in our face saying, if you speak against this, we will come against you. And, and so that, that's where we are. And it's, again, it's all a part of last days. I'm going to use the word judgment. And, I, and I, that's different from tribulation. It's different from God's wrath. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 it's God bringing things to light exposing the darkness before his wrath, which is coming. And it could be a hundred years from now, or it could be this year, but it's coming. It is going, the restitution of all things is on the way. The starting clock was the return of Israel. I've been screaming this for 20, 30 years. Some people really get it. Other people, you know, oh, that's not even the real Israel. And they, you know, and I've done all kind of teaching against that heresy, but it is, it is the real Israel. It's the real starting clock. It's God's real word when he says, when I bring them back, the nations will then know that I am God. And it says in several different places, it is the, it, it is the sign mm-hmm. that it is the last days. And then Jesus said, when you see the fig tree bloom, and I've done a whole section on that in the summoning from scholars, from scholarship, all the way back to the first century, Greek word studies, Hebrew word studies, scriptures from the Old and New Testament that show that that parable he told was the return of Israel will be the sign to answering the question that the disciples had in Matthew 24, what will be the sign of the end of days and of your coming? And he tells all of these things, ending, by the way, with the Son of Man calling the angels to gather his elect from the four corners. And then he says, now learn the lesson of the fig tree. And just that morning, he had cursed a fig tree and had identified it with Israel and their unbelief. Hmm. Then he says, when you see the fig tree bloom again, this generation that I've just been talking about will not pass away until all of those things are completed. Brother, it happened. A 2,800-year-old prophecy birthed itself again just 72 years ago. Yep. We're the only generation in 2,800 years to be living in the middle of the rebirth of Israel, the marking point, the clock, the, the, the stopwatch that started the whole thing. And think about those 72 years. 72 short years ago, we had zero technology. I mean, yeah. we had the wheel. <laughs> we, we had an automobile in the 1940s and we had airplanes, rudimentary airplanes. But right after that came, you, you know, in, in, right before 1948 was 1945-46, the nuclear bomb. Now technology mm-hmm. begins to, ex- to, to really explode, no pun intended, explode upon the face of the earth. And then from there, we move from that to space travel, landing on the moon, uh, internet, quantum computing, uh, I I mean, on and on, medical technology, scientific technology, energy technologies just exploded. Now social media, instantaneous communication information systems, uh, transportation, we're running to and fro over the face of the earth, knowledge is increasing exponentially. All of these things that are spoken of by the prophets happened when Israel was born. And so here we are now, And for the first time in America's history, the greatest constitutional republic the planet has ever seen, we watch a U.S. president shut down Mm. by the media and government officials. And again, barely a whimper, barely a whimper from from the vast majority of the of the establishment that's running the nation. No one on the left stood up and said, wait a minute, this is not right. You can't listen. I hate Donald Trump, they might say, but you can't shut him down. He's the president. You can't shut him down. That's illegal. That, that is, that's unconscionable. That's unthinkable. You cannot take away the voice of the man who's supposed to command our troops and lead our nation. You can, nobody said that. Well, maybe, maybe they would have said that before cancel culture came on the scene in the last several years. But I want that's to point, point out one thing about the National Guard 
troops and the use of them for photo ops or whatever. It was an image, Carl, and you know this too. They sure. used that to send a message. What was the message, the, the, and the spoken and non-spoken message by the liberal activist media? The message was, we need this massive force of National Guard troops to protect us from those rabid, radical Trump supporters and Republicans who are going to come and cause yeah. us that harm. That was why they did it. It was. It's not true. It's not provable. No, it's not. But that's why they did it. That narrative is being weaponized. How many yep. times do we say that? It's a narrative. So, so they weaponized COVID. You know, they weaponized what happened on January 6th. Now they're weaponizing the narrative that it is not true. And it's guilt by association. I mean, I'm hearing them say, well, there were radicals there. There were far right there. There were KKK there. There were, oh, okay, but wait a minute. Who started the KKK? I mean, I mean, the Democrats did. I mean, who who started the civil war in keeping black people in slavery? The Democrats did. Carl, Carl, I mean, now you start talking like that and start telling the truth. This podcast is going to yeah, get yeah. censored. Well, well, yeah, well who, <laughs> who started Planned Parenthood and eugenics to Margaret get rid Sanger. of black people? Uh, Margaret Sanger. Yeah. The Democrats did. Yeah. I mean, so so you want to talk about guilt by association? Uh, I mean, let's do. I mean, I, we can't. The, the vast majority of Trump supporters are people like us. We've got families. We've got little children and grandchildren. We mow the grass. We pay the bills. We make the economy work. We go to work. We mm. go vote. We might show up at a rally on the mall. We bring a picnic blanket. We bring our kids. We celebrate. Everybody can't wait to hear the president, you know. And if you were a leftist and when Obama came out to speak, you'd bring your family. It's the United States. You want to hear your president. That's all we did. Now, were there idiots there? Yes. And now do we know that there was a plot afoot before those people even showed up from radicals? Yes. Can 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 we help that on that day when Donald Trump's up there saying, now, folks, make your voices be heard. It's your constitutional right. Do it peacefully. You know, do it reverently. He didn't use that word, but that's what he meant. Uh, you know, do it judiciously and, and make your voice be heard. I mean, what he was trying to say and he didn't say was, look, on the West Coast, they're burning cities down and killing cops yep. to make their voices heard. Why don't you go peacefully up to the Congress? Let them know that when they look out the window and see 100, 200,000 people saying, please fix this election mess. Let your voice be heard. Well, that's all he said. There's nothing insightful about that. Exactly. There's nothing unconstitutional about exactly. it. Exactly. But the narrative, yeah. the narrative has been weaponized. And this is another communist tactic. Yeah. What's going to happen, though, in the Northwest right now, Pacific Northwest? They've got from uh, this recent headline. Yeah, where's the National Guard, by the way? Yeah. Hundreds of Antifa rioters. They started fires. They're smashing windows. They're taking over streets. This is in Tacoma, Seattle. I know Portland's probably still going. What I don't understand. I know there's got to be some people in positions of power there that don't agree with what's going on. I know the citizens probably are not. But what well, what is going? What what do you see going to happen? Is going to happen over there? Okay. First of all, let me deal with the prophetic, then I'll deal with the logistic as a former <laughs> law enforcement officer. Prophetic, sure. okay? Truth is being thrown to the ground, lawlessness prevails, and the rebellion is starting. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the scripture speaks of all of it. Yes. Well, it also speaks of all the false prophets. Look at all the false prophets we've been dealing with. Look, they're yes. everywhere. And, 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 and we're the first generation to have false prophecy proliferate 24-7. And everybody's a prophet. You sit in your mother's basement in your underwear, get a, a, a video camera, put it in front of you, declare yourself a prophet, and millions of people will follow you if you tell them what they want to hear, mm. which Paul said they will gather in the last days teachers around them, prophets, false prophets, who will tickle their ears telling them what they want to hear. Jesus said in the last days there will be people coming saying before me in the great day of judgment. But wait, we prophesied in your name. He said, yeah, but you didn't inquire of me. I didn't know you and you didn't know me. You were a worker of evil. Hmm. I mean, I mean, on and on. Matthew 24, when the disciples said, tell us what will be the signs of your time. Twice in Matthew 24, 11, and in Matthew 24, I think it was 23, um, Jesus said, be careful, the false prophets, they'll be everywhere, even deceiving the very elect. If that were, brother, we're, we're living that. We are living that right now. I mean, the summoning deals with all of this stuff and so much more. I can't wait till your audience picks it up and reads it. But but so now 
you're right. We've got it's it's hypocrisy after hypocrisy that is just an atrocity after an atrocity. So we have all of this stuff happening in Washington D.C. The weaponization of a narrative, the sending of twenty, the the surrounding with razor wire walls, fences. You know, all of a sudden borders matter now. Uh, Twenty-seven thousand troops, guns, police, everything the left says they hate, they surround themselves with it. While on the West Coast, here's this is illegal what's happening, Dave, yep. because the Constitution guarantees a measure of safety and and peacefulness um, using the power of the government, which is police and military, to keep that for all citizens everywhere in the United States. It didn't say if you happen to be living in a, in a leftist Democrat state run by leftist Democrat uh, uh, politicians that they can take away your your constitutional rights by letting marauders uh, pillage and rape and burn and kill and steal through your states and we will do they can do nothing about it and there's nothing that can be done about it no the constitution says just the opposite you that we that the federal government has a responsibility that's why we have a federal government to protect our borders to protect our nation and to protect the rights of the constitution for our citizens what's happening on the west coast is a constitutional travesty a law enforcement nightmare it is illegal but it falls right into the prophetic nature of lawlessness abounding truth being thrown to the ground, rebellion breaking out everywhere. And by the way, this isn't just happening in the United States, guys. That's what I keep trying to tell people. We now live in a global community, like it or not. And the globalists are trying to get one government and one economy and one this and one narrative and one way to think. And it's coming. It's called the Great Reset. Let me hush. I talked too much. No, no. We talked about that last time you were on last month. And uh, what what else we need to mention? Because of last summer's events, it wasn't just the the Pacific Northwest. Cities across the country were dealing with this lawlessness and the global Marxist network of Black Lives Matter, which is a global movement. Yep. Yeah, Kamala Harris, by the way, endorsed it and said that even after the election, they should continue yep. to do that. Yep. Now, see, Donald Trump didn't even come close to saying anything <laughs> like that. Exactly. And they're wanting to take away his citizenship and put him on a deserted island somewhere. Yeah. But the current administration not only did nothing, but said nothing. And and when they did say something, they supported the anarchy and the cop killing and the rioting and the pillaging and the looting. Why aren't they being held accountable? Why aren't they in jail? How could they win an election? How could they be inaugurated as the new leaders when they are now standing in that position, pointing a finger at Donald Trump, who did nothing of the kind, and they're accusing him of what they did and are still doing? So we've got to talk a whole lot more about this when we come back. Um, The first move of Joe Biden, one of the first moves was to overturn the transgender military ban and approves now of gender reassignment surgery for soldiers. How important of this for Joe Biden to do that in his first week. But we're going to talk about executive orders when we come back, a gun buyback program and women in ministry with Pastor Carl Gallops on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Pastor Carl Gallops and his new book, which we will get to uh, next time we have him on in depth. It's called The Summoning, Preparing for the Coming Days of Noah. It's brand new, hot off the presses, available at CarlGallops.com, on Amazon, and wherever great, outstanding books are sold. Um, Carl, so Joe Biden, one of his first moves as president, no surprise, because he said he's going to do this. He overturned the transgender military ban and uh, approves of gender reassignment surgery for soldiers, meaning that's going to happen across the country, paid for by our tax dollars. And then he proposes a $200 gun tax and firearm buyback program. Uh, Gives the impression that this is going to be voluntary, but I'm not sure if it's going to be voluntary. Your thoughts on that? It, it, is what's going to be voluntary? I missed that. Last he's he's proposing said. a $200 gun tax oh. and a firearm buyback 
program. I've read different things on this. It sounds voluntary, but I also heard Kamala Harris talk about this. She would not deny that it might end up being more of a mandatory gun buyback program. Well, to make something, I mean, to make something mandatory like that, you at that point, you have just ripped out the Second Amendment exactly. and all of the, uh, the all of the recent Supreme Court rulings about the Second Amendment. All of them. I mean, even under the Obama era, the Supreme Court kept ruling that, no, this means individuals can own firearms. You know, there can be certain common sense necessary restrictions. You know, they kind of hinted around. But as far as just saying citizens can't have guns, you, you can't say that. Well, so if it, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say 8.4 million people bought a gun for the first time in in 2020. So last year they saw the writing on the wall and they're saying, you know what, I I better go get a gun. 8.4 million people first time. Well, that's the problem the leftists have is we've got 100 million plus people in our nation that are armed. Mm. And and I mean, a third of our nation owns multiple guns. Um, I'm one of them. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I have a concealed weapons permit. I was a cop and it was very easy for me to get one. And we live in the state of Florida and, uh, and I've been carrying for years. I mean, I mean, you know, good gracious, 30, 40 years. I've been carrying one degree or another. Some of those times with a badge on my chest and, 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 a, and a, uh, ID in my pocket when I was off duty, but for many years, for decades now as a private citizen. Um, and, and the, the bottom line is, Guys, I am not a warmonger. I mean, I know our nation started with the Revolutionary War. I know we had a civil war, and I'm not calling for any of that. I want peace. I don't want to see us shooting each other in our front yards and in our cornfields. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if any administration comes in and says, okay, no more guns, that's it. We're just turn them in. Well, who are you talking to? They're talking to lawful citizens. You can you you know, you the 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 criminals aren't going to show up and say, okay, you're right. Here's my guns. It's they're talking about disarming the lawful American populace. Those of us that have families and homes and businesses, children and grandchildren, those of us that have never been charged with a gun crime, never had a problem with, with owning a gun. Uh, That's who they're talking about. Well, that is unconstitutional. It is illegal and it is lawlessness and it is it is Nazi-like. It is it is communist-like. Every, we know the, the history books are replete with the with the evidence, the historical evidence that every regime that disarms their population, the next thing that happens is they enslave that population or kill them. And and so I think that would start a war. I'm just going to say it. I'm not calling for it, but right. I'm just saying I think it would. I can just say this: I'm not going to give up all my guns. I mean, I may have a few throwaways I'll turn in, but I'm not going to leave myself and my family totally unavailable or unable to defend ourselves against evil people. And most reasonable people would agree with you, and, and we're not going to give them the power no. over us. That's no. And if we, we just haven't learned from history. We, we make a lot of parallels to what Hitler did and what the Nazis did in Germany um, you know, get the gun confiscations and all that. They took over education and then they they bought off part of the church. Um, and, and it just w- went downward from there. And we haven't learned from that history. But, uh, Pastor Carl, we're running out of time. And I just did want to get to this disturbing post I saw emulating Kamala Harris. Now, I've written about her. You've written about and spoken about her. She's radical. We know about her background. She's a Maoist. She is a, a one of the most, if not the most liberal and progressive senator in American history. She was voted in the top uh, progressive senators uh, in all of the senators last year. But there's a a quote I want to read to you, and I'm not going to say it's a Christian organization that actually posted this with her picture and a little girl looking up admiringly to this picture of Kamala Harris. Um, I understand the sentiment here of this first in American history and U.S. history as far as a female vice president, but I think we're using the wrong person as a role model. If you're a Christian, quote, even if you didn't vote for her or didn't vote at all, let this moment sink in. If you have a daughter, sister, mother, an aunt, any woman in your life, you can now look at those women and tell them they can be anything they want to be. I, and let me just stop there and say, including um, radical and evil. 
uh, calling good evil. Back to the quote, though, because for the first time in USA history, we have a woman and person of color as a vice president. And to those who don't think women should be in authority over men, please remember, the first evangelists to tell about the risen Christ were women, and we would not have a church if it weren't for the witness and teaching of women. Mm -hmm. Pastor Carl, I know this is loaded, but I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I know this is loaded, Carl, and you only have two minutes to answer it, but I'd love for you (laughs) to put yourself on the fire. (laughs) Seven minutes. uh, That's why if anybody hates us, they'll hate you, Brother Carl, so would you please? (laughs) For complaints, you can contact Carl Gallops at carlgallops.com. Carl said that. We didn't say that. (laughs) Listen, let me just get very quickly. Let me just rattle this off, and I could teach and preach on this for hours. I have a very balanced ministry in this regard, biblically balanced and contextually balanced, okay? Uh, and, and so we can talk about that. But the bottom line is Kamala Harris herself, I'm just going to use this word. She, she, she's a Jezebel spirit in every way. I mean, I look at Ahab, Jezebel, yes. and, I, and I think of Biden and Harris. That's my opinion. Others don't have to agree. But we know the background. We know the history. And that's all I'm going to say about that on this nice, clean family show. <laughs> but um, but for to emulate her and to say this proves that women can be anything they want. Well, in a lot of ways, that's true in an America. In an America, they can get educations, they can vote, they can run businesses, they can own businesses, they can rise to be the head of businesses, they can get involved in politics, they can run for office, they can be elevated to very high office of leadership in the nation. Yes, in America, a woman can be almost anything she wants to be. I say almost because they also turn that around and say she can even be a man. If she wants to be, yeah, that's what they're pushing. You can't, you can't be, you can look like a man and take drugs to make you feel like a man and all of these things, but you cannot be a biological man Amen. any more than a biological man can become a biological woman. That is a farce. It's a, it's a lie. Yeah. It is a talking point. It is a narrative that is untrue. So, so our lives are filled with these great deceptions. Truth is thrown to the ground. Uh, even the very elect are being deceived. And so now, you know, we're told that, you know, and in, 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 like you said, you got this Christian organization throwing the hint in there that somehow Kamala is a model for female leadership of the church. What? Yeah, That's total apples and oranges yep. as far as who she is and what she does. Secondly, in my humble opinion, which is the correct one, <laughs> um, the, the Bible is, clear. here's the illustration I give. And whenever I give this illustration, most people go, oh my gosh, I get it. So I tell, I say people, all right. So if your house is burning down and all of a sudden you see cops show up in the front yard, well, you're relieved. And then, you, you know, you appreciate that. And you see an ambulance come and you appreciate that. And they're very important people. But what you really want to see is a fire truck with water and guys in red suits with axes and fire extinguishers. And I mean, okay. On the other hand, if somebody's breaking into your house, they're standing out front and they're beating the doors down. They've got shotguns and a fire truck pulls up with its red lights and it's siring. You're relieved. That'll help a little bit. They're very important. But what you want to see is the SWAT team, Mm. you know, guys with shotguns and shields and badges and patrol cars and, Okay, so what am I saying? I'm saying, who's the most important, a fireman or a policeman? Well, they're both very important. But who's the most important, Carl? Well, it depends on the situation. They're both extremely important and treasured and valued, but they're not accountable for the same things. They don't have the same roles. Our society says to the, to the fireman, you can't make arrests. Our society says to the police officers, um, you're not firemen. So it's the same thing with men men and women. Who's the most important, men or women? They're both important. They're essential. They're necessary to life itself. Well, who's the most important in the church, Carl? Well, it depends. I, I can't imagine pastoring my church without the consultation and the help and the prayers and the love and the leadership abilities of women in my church. Some of some of the women in my church are just amazing. And you know, I know people saying, you said some. Well, some of the men are, and some of them aren't, and some of the women aren't. <laughs> yeah. But it depends. So 
So, but the Bible is clear, just like the Garden of Eden. You know, it, uh, Eve's kind of presented as being the one that kind of, you know, was out front and messing up. Really, Adam did too. But, but who did God hold accountable first? Adam, you come here first. You come here. I'm holding you accountable for this whole mess. All right. And he holds Eve accountable, holds Satan accountable. But the whole thing, it's about accountability assignments. Men and women, we are physically created different for different roles in life. All of them are important. All of them are precious. But there is, the Bible is clear. There is not a single example of, of, of women who, who um, have the authority over the body of Christ. Can women be prophets and teach and prophesy? And can people go or not go or show up at conferences and women's conferences? But yet men are there too. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, people can do that if they want. And women have much to say about the word of God mm -hmm. and much they can teach. Not a problem. But do not hold up Kamala Harris hmm. and say, see, if it wasn't for the women at the tomb, we wouldn't have the church. That's yeah, not unbelievable. true. I know. That's, it's just the whole narrative is perverted. There is a balance. There's a contextual balance. It's like policemen and firemen. I wouldn't want to do without either one of them. Yeah. But at a fire, I want the fire truck. And yep, people amen. on my front step with shotguns breaking down the door, I want cops. They have different roles, different accountabilities, different responsibilities, and they're equipped differently. Same with men and women. That's my short speech. I can talk about it for hours. Hey, well, you wrapped up at the perfect time. We've got a minute left. And next time we're going to have you on, I got the brand new book in my hand, The Summoning, preparing for the coming days of no with Pastor Carl Gallus. But just your quick take on the executive orders. Um, apparently, Clinton signed two in his first week in office. Bush signed two. Uh, Obama signed five in his first week in office. Trump signed four executive orders. Biden signed over 30 executive orders his first five days. Do, but they do not have a mandate. I mean, they barely got in and they didn't even take more seats in the House of Representatives. Your quick thoughts. I know it's just a minute, but this is a, a, a dangerous time we're in. It, it is dangerous. I, I just say to God's people, just hang in there, covered Amen. in prayer. Nothing remains the same. Men lay their best laid plans and God thwarts whatever he desires. Mm. Uh, these, these executive orders are evil. They are unconstitutional. They are horrific. They trash womanhood huh. and childhood. And uh, and our economy. So we'll see what how it all shakes out. I hear the music. I know we got to go. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Carl. Wish we had more time, but we are going to continue next time with your book, The Summoning. Uh, God bless you, brother. As always, keep fighting the good fight. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. God bless. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll let you know who's on the rest of this week. Stand up for the truth. A ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. It is hard to believe it's the last week in January. So 12, or 11, and just over 11 more months till 2022. Um, so tomorrow, you'll hear from Dan Fisher, uh, Black Robed Regiment, Romans 13, the Rona. Um, Thursday, Julaine Appling will be with us. Friday, a brand new show with Alex Newman, uh, education expert, the Newman Report. Next week, I'm going to tease it because we just finally nailed down a time we can get her back on again. Ready? Heidi St. John will be back with us. Uh, for the ladies, it's one of the most popular guests we have. And uh, just, guys, thank you so much for your prayers and continuing to lift up uh, what we do here. And uh, keep fighting the good fight of faith. We need to keep encouraging one another to stay strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Keep casting your cares. God bless you. And as always... Keep speaking the truth about things that matter.